Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hello, you two. Uh, it's Paul Room here. And oh. I'd just like to say it's been great with the Right You Are's going on strong with another lovely brace this week. But I <laughs> was surprised that the powers of D have changed the theme tune. I don't know if anyone else caught it. Uh, I made a recording on my tape recorder here and I'll just uh, set it up and play it back. Here goes. Right you, right you, right you are, right you are, ha, ha, ha. right you, right you, right you are, right you are, ha, ha. right you are, right you are, right you, right you are, right you, right you, right you are, right you are. Hey, folks, this is Dummy Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that has sent on an ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the picturesque Christmas fair that is Royfield Brown. And with me, I have the receptionist in a wonky elf hat that is Lucy Freeman. Awesome. Uh, now, and the last part of Deck the Hall, folks, is you. Now, this week's Dum Dum features me, brother from another mother, Paul Roop. Now, Luce, if one of our listeners would like to send us in a Dum Dum or even become a quarter in just how can they do that? If you would like to leave us your thoughts, a dumpty dum, a plot prediction, or marvel at the fact that a vet knew what to do with a sick dog, leave us a message on SpeakPipe via dumptydum.com or call us on 0203-031-3105. This week we need to thank Shambridge for her amazing voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, uh, Cosmo for his episode roundups, and to Derek for the back bedroom. Uh, Derek is very sad that uh, I'm a Celebrity has finished. It's uh, one of his favourite shows. One of his ambitions is to be on the show. Um, he lives largely on testicles and insects anyway and washes in a stream, <laughs> so he views it as a lifestyle show. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I missed it all completely. See, do you watch I'm a Celebrity? But you no. don't, do you? you you're, 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 no. too, you're too above stairs for that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what a silly thing for me to say. Uh, now... On this week's episode, we have calls from Glyn, Claire, Candida, Carol, Miles, Julie, and R with a spoon. But first, before the caller in us, it's R loose and a week in Ambridge. Oh, and I knew, oh, just, uh, sorry, they're not in order. They're just not in order. I knew, I hadn't forgotten. They're, they're all there, in order. just not necessarily. Oh, gold. Hello. Sorry. Come in, Tilly. We just went through the whole build up and then, Mom, through the door. Yes. Um, ah, there's some in the, if you lift, if you go to the car, there's some in the lift up thing of the car. Otherwise, you can use some of mine that's in there. But not loads. Yeah. <sighs> right. Shall I start? <laughs> Yes, please. Okay. This week in Ambridge was sponsored largely by bodily fluids, urine, vomit, pus and turkey guts. Happy Christmas. Ooh. We began the week with Clary and William pulling the insides out of their turkeys. Clary said she kept expecting Nick to pop her head round the door any minute. She'll pop her head round and say, where the bloody hell is my scarf? As they prepared the raw poultry for countless Christmas dinners, they discussed the fact that Grange Farm was running with sewage because the portaloo is overflowing. 
Clary, 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 will you never learn? You are a one-woman cholera epidemic in wellies. Anyway, they chatted about the corporate Christmas tree William was forced to do by Martin Gibson. Grey and blue. Oh, festive. In the end, Poppy mm -hmm. decorated it with Grundy tinsel, said Clary proudly. Truly, I am in dread and fear as to what Grundy tinsel might be. I just hope it's nothing she found draining out the back of the portaloo after Joe had forgotten to unwrap his quality street before he ate them. More disgustingness <laughs> over at Brooker's, where psychotic Hootie tried to kill Ben's dog with mince pies. Sadly, they found her in time, but just wait for the scene where Hootie takes it into her head for no apparent reason to back the Massey Ferguson out with a steak and kidney pie tied to one of the wheels. Woo! Ben, I'm so sorry. This year, the script writers <laughs> really are spoiling us with... If we all pull together, we can put the show on right here moments. We winced our way through the will anyone know their lines crisis and moved swiftly on to now we've got nowhere to perform it. Worryingly, Linda thinks the Brookfield barn is alive. It is with rats and sadly now gung-ho Ambridge <laughs> dwellers who are all going to pull together to make this Linda's best show ever. I'm just telling it's our last bloody show ever. I bet it won't be. This time next year, she'll be putting on a stage version of Titanic with Kirsty clinging to a plank in the village pond. And we'll all be going, Jesus, not this again. More bacterial shenanigans at Bridge Farm, where a cow had a foot full of pus, which Alistair told us about in graphic detail, before announcing he was going to give her a wooden block to stand on. Eh? A wooden insole for a cow. Well, they'd probably sell them in the Bridge Farm shop. Nothing would surprise me. Everyone was too fascinated by Natasha There's Lovely Look You anyway to concentrate on what Alistair was doing to the cow. She buys presents. She is businesslike. She says thank you for things. She remembers people's special occasions. You can tell how weird Bridge Farm is by the way they're all treating her as if she's a bloody unicorn. However, they were most impressed by her ability <laughs> to dig a hole. Johnny, Tom, Jazza, Pat and Tony all stood around open-mouthed while she beavered away, wondering why they didn't help her at all, but just stood there dribbling while Pat meditatively ate the eye cream she'd given her. Alistair emerged bemused with the cow with the wooden insole limping along behind him and said, Oh, it's all change at Bridge Farm. It's always all bloody change at Bridge Farm, Alistair. They'll probably open a petrol station in February. Things were hotting mm -hmm. up at Lower Loxley. It was poor Lily's birthday and Elizabeth cancelled less hers hers after she discovered the dress code meant she couldn't wear her leggings and her T-shirt that said, I went on the roof of Lower Loxley and all I got was the life insurance. Instead, she gave Lily a lovely birthday dinner, some leftovers from the orange tree, a dented chocolate brownie and a sausage roll with a wasp in it. Basically, all Elizabeth does now is sleep. And when Lily shakes her awake, she shouts, what time is it? I've got so much to do. Uh, now, it's not often I find myself having anything in common with Jenny Darling, but at the moment, I do. I, too, am moving home just after Christmas. So I have a few bits of advice for her. You know, just bits and bobs I've picked up. For instance, use a packing service rather than being a 70-year-old woman packing up a six-bedroom house on your own. Don't sign the contract to move until you've got somewhere else to go. Don't pretend mm. you don't know who's buying your house as it's on every single bit of documentation you have to sign. You know, little things. In other news, <laughs> if you just spent a bloody fortune making your entire house suitable for an infirm person to live in, plus considering rehoming your own cat... I think you would be justified in being a teensy bit pissed off if the infirm person in question suddenly says, eh, nah, I've got off it. I don't want to live there. But Peggy seems blithely unconcerned that Auntie Cardboard doesn't want to move back into a home where every door has an easy grab handle and even the cat flap has a ramp. She seems more concerned that Auntie Cardboard doesn't want to spend Christmas at Brooker's. This is exactly what I was afraid of, shouted Peggy. You would move out of my control. No, I mean, I meant you'd lose your confidence. <laughs> she hasn't lost her confidence, Peggy. She's found it. She has finally, after 87,000 years, decided to move out of the bloody shade of Piggy and the Archers. She doesn't want to sit around the table with Pedo Russ, a pensioner who's surreptitiously feeding a chocolate <laughs> orange to a puppy under the table, a chicken killer and a woman asleep in the bread sauce. I want to go to this supported living flat, Peggy, said <laughs> Auntie Cardboard. They're lovely places and the man was so nice and I can just about afford them. Where are they? Costa Rica. The end. Oh, that, that was a triumph this week. Uh, much better than last. And, and what think? I liked was your allusion to a little bit of topicality to do with the environment. Do you remember how you did that? No. Right. What did I do? Now, you said that those duffers at Bridge Farm Right, yes. that they'll open a petrol station next. Yes. I would not be getting into the petrol business 
when VW <laughs> are the first manufacturer to declare that um, in less than 10 years' time they're going to stop making petrol engine yep. cars. Yeah, they're yes. only be doing that, do you, at all? Over but 60% now of thing. all the new cars bought in Europe are electric. <gasps> Weirdly, I know a bit about this. At the same time, a yeah. very significant petrol company has launched mm. an app where you can have your car filled up in your drive and the petrol tanker comes to you. Well, it they're trialing of... it in the Netherlands at the moment. Ah, do you know that because of your PR work? Yes. You've got your finger in many like pies, haven't you, in terms of knowledge? Awesome. I have that filthy. Mm. Now, last week in Ambridge, ah, uh, loose. <laughs> um, I did you just say said you were hugely you, disenchanted with the whole thing. Right? Well, this is the thing. It's like when I have to look through um, the notes on each show mm. and then and I'm convinced that I've missed a show because I cannot seriously remember one thing other than I'm hearing loads of Rua Rua Ri, or at least I'm hearing mm. him now. I say to myself, well, I've obviously missed the show because nothing much has really happened. And then I look at the notes and I've, I've listened to every episode. I feel that I'm not being properly engaged. That, right. That's me putting it at its Are most Are you not polite. being serviced, Royfield? There you go. Not right. being serviced correctly by the big... By Kerry Davis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll, that, that that'll be as large a relief to you and to him as I'm sure it is to you. That handlebar Tosh would play havoc with me. <laughs> tosh, Tash, you fool, Tash, Tash, Tash. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. Unless you were saying Tosh, right. I don't know, but I don't think he's got a handlebar. No, I, I did mean Tash, not Tosh. <laughs> Good. <laughs> now, right. Um, I just I just threw things at the radio every time we went to home farm. Mm. It's absolutely if I say absolutely unbelievable, I don't mean that in a in a good or exciting way. I mean it is just unbelievable. I, I, I think you're probably right. But if we just that's a little bit of literary um playing hard and fast with uh, reality. But I'm gonna give them that. Let's start with this bloody roof first off. Yeah. Um who and cares springs to well, mind. I'll tell you what I need in this episode, Lucy. I need you to do your bit and to do my bit because <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it's no problem saying, and it should be, you know, driving What are you doing? Are you I'm... going off for a bath then or something and I'll just sit here talking to myself? Well, mm, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I don't know, Lucy, where do you want to go first? Because I seriously, well, I'm uninspired. Okay, so were you not excited by the murder attempt on the dog? You're not, you, you're, you're not <laughs> a massive fan of dogs. Pie. Yeah, you're not a well, massive no, fan of dogs, so I thought maybe no. that would, they would interest you. Lucy, Lucy, no. I'll have you know that in the last year plus, the last two years, it's not that I'm not a, I was never a big fan of dogs. I just didn't grow up with pets. Right. Um, but in my meanderings around the world in the last two years, I've been up close and personal with the odd pooch, and I don't mind them. And they okay. are great companions. And I don't mind walking them. Okay. But you wouldn't so kill one of them. So you got to stop pie. with that. But I wouldn't kill one of the mince pie, no. And I do love a mince pie. Mince pies are right. the reason why I am the size I am at the moment. Because I just love <laughs> the things. A really, really true say. And purely as an aside, it's one of those things that when you do travel to North America, and I was in Canada last week, you realise... Uh, the slight difference differences between our Christmas traditions because I walked into Derringer's big kind of nice deli and had all their Christmas stuff and I said can I have a mince pie please and he said uh you you'd probably find that over by the meat counter I went oh, yeah I will not uh. exactly <laughs> so okay, you like, should be my man you said they don't do them over there it was most upsetting oh. Anyway, so uh, Jill Mince Pies, Alistair, Vet, Save Bess. Uh, let's move on. What about Russ what else? the Truss? Oh, Russ the Truss? Now, this is the only bit of last week's Archers where I did kind of think, ooh, ooh. Now, we know that there's big tensions between Lily and Russ and that Lily d didn't really want to go back. And it's convenient for her that her mother was having a nervous breakdown and, and ill and <laughs> running the business into the ground. Very yeah. convenient. 
but we 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 have absolute cast iron evidence now, don't we? She's told him to to shut his cake hole, and she got really upset with him. And yeah, I just cannot wait for Christmas Day. But she still she still ruins it afterwards by going over and inviting him to have Christmas dinner with her because she feels guilty. She doesn't know how to rid herself of yeah. this infernal man. That that's yeah. the thing, and it is Christmas. Have you ever tried to dump somebody over Christmas, Lucy? It's not an easy thing to do. <clears throat> Can we not oh. talk? About- <laughs> <laughs> that was utterly an innocent question. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> right. Hmm. Yes. Moving swiftly I'll, on. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll 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 take this one in the neck. <laughs> I remember that running into too on many details. On the chin, you fool! Not in the neck. <laughs> no, I'm going to take this both ways. I'm just, well, the, I'm taking this arrow in the neck on this one, or the punch on the chin, okay. whatever. Just, just go with oh, right, this, okay. right? Okay. No, I decided many moons ago uh, that I'd had enough of somebody. No, more to the point, it was best that we part. Let, let's be British about this. It was best that we part, and I decided on December 23rd because there was a major incident in a public place, and I couldn't go on. Right. Then the problem is. This? Well, it doesn't matter, right? Don't, oh, don't, sorry, don't, okay. All right, sorry. Okay, I thought that was part of the story, but it wasn't. Well, it kind of is, because it was 1999, December 23rd. Right. Whoa. Right. Okay. Exactly. So yeah. I said to myself, I need out of this as soon as possible. So the problem is, when do you, you know, what date do you is reasonable considering it's not only Christmas and New Year, but it's Christmas to bloody thousand. (laughs) (laughs) That was a very uncomfortable two weeks for me, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. So what what date do you think is reasonable when, you know, all the festivities have got out of the way? Yeah, but then you've got to hit Valentine's Day. So it's either got to be Easter, probably. Easter? Yeah. Oh, my God, no. Why? Well, then you're making me sound really quite callous about things. What? What? Why would that well, be callous? Well, because I did January the 4th. Oh, I see. Okay. Yes. But oh, no, because then they just, no, 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 no. That's too soon. Because then really? they just look back. Yeah. Then they just look back and think, oh, he went through that old Christmas palaver and his heart wasn't in it at all. I, exactly. You've, you've ruined, you've, you ruined her millennium. That's what you did. You ruined <laughs> the next thousand years. Well, and who said it was a she? Oh, was it Kerry? <laughs> <laughs> and his yeah, tash. Gra- exactly, he hadn't grabbed his tash at the time. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I've got little energy for my notes here. Um, oh, Natasha. Natasha and uh, Do we Tony like her and now? Pat. Well, it has been a I loved a it when they said, of- oh, we've got her completely wrong, didn't we, Tony? And I thought... Yeah, do you not remember how much you liked Rob when he first arrived? And, you know, all those that you are terrible. <laughs> At what point are you going to admit that you are shit judges of character? Absolutely shocking. Oh. Mm. But she's not going to be anywhere as bad as Rob. Come on. You can't put her in the, in the Rob pile. But oh, yes. no, I'm not putting her in that. I'm putting them in their inability oh, to spot okay. a good and a bad one from mm. my life. Tell you the one thing I have thought. Right, because I'm starting to slowly warm to the archers now. Um, last week's right, archers after... output. Right. So Brian basically says, right, he's going to take over trying to find somewhere for him to live. Yeah. Now, wouldn't they have gone straight to Lillian first off? Well, and they just did. Said, Lil- yeah, I know. They gave up and then went to her, didn't they? But surely with I all know. of her contacts. Yeah, yeah. No, the whole, re- the whole that whole storyline is just a big swirling portaloo full of poo. That's what it is. No, that's the surrogacy storyline, Lucy. But that's disappeared that's now. A, well, they've all disappeared. They've all gone quiet. All we hear occasionally is Ian's worried about Lexi, and he never says that. Jenny says that about him. We we don't hear Ian. Mm. We don't hear Lexi. And we don't hear Adam. Do you think they're all oh. in panto somewhere? <laughs> yeah, Adam would make a great sort of neurotic. But villain, wouldn't he? Come rushing on with his coat and then going, I haven't got time and run off again. <laughs> <laughs> 
That, that, and that's a pretty good Adam. Now, um, I'll tell you what, Luce, my uh, interest has somewhat um, started to peak in the uh, point in the right direction, but I'm still slightly struggling to find some bonhomie and repartee and all of those kind of uh, words of a French origin to talk about. Uh, so why don't we just kind of do a little bit of this... Hello, Ambridge3962. Now, off mic, you said you quite liked our new caller in, didn't you? Which, oh, um, the Nat Carol? Yeah. Yeah. Should we have her then? Yes. Why is that off mic? Oh, I see. No, uh, you're saying I said yes. Sorry. Got you now. Yes. Hello, Carol. <laughs> Hello to Dumpty Dummers everywhere. First time caller in her here, Carol from the Highlands of Scotland. Well, my parents listened to the Archers. Uh, so I'm a probably a very long-term listener, but I didn't really pay attention to it because it was boring. But then <laughs> I did start listening to it around about 1987. So I guess that makes me Ruth. But I would like to apply for a special dispensation. I would like to be Grace, Grace Archer. And this is because I was born on the very night Grace Archer died. And I love horses too. And probably I would run into a burning stable and rescue my favourite horsey. Maybe you can have a think about that. And maybe I could be Grace Archer. So my plot prediction is that uh, the big Brookfield Christmas get-together will go swimmingly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, bye. Now, I don't know about you, Freeman, but you know I is a stickler for my rules, so I don't like people yeah. breaking them. Mm. It is quite cool, though, being born on the same the same, uh, same when, day when she's the, re- that... the reincarnation of Grace Archer. Well, or this, you mean she's born on the same day that ITV came into the world. <laughs> so she's an ITV is what she is. <laughs> but I reckon, though, Carol... Just this once and nobody else calling asking for dispensations, please. <laughs> First and only time one will be given out. You are officially a Ruth in brackets, Grace Archer. Reincarnation of Grace Archer. And, and for other there listeners, you if you died on a night that another Archer's member was born, you can be that member. There we are. Well, then that's not a one-off dispensation. That's setting a rule. Well, if they, if they, if they died and they ring in, I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, let's move through the kiss. Oh, Hang on. My, our... my, my stage effect left of squeaky door. Oh, okay. What do you want now? What? Your zip card? Because I had it when you were doing the office thing. Well, it's not here. What does it look like? It's in the park. Oh, it's not in here, love. Go and look for whatever trousers you were wearing when you came in. Shut the door. It's not in here, love, I promise. <sighs> but your family is deliciously and delightfully old-fashioned. They actually walk into the room to ask you stuff. Like, Rather than my just folks... Going, from other rooms. <laughs> no, my folks WhatsApp. My mum oh, and dad, really? my 74-year-old dad will WhatsApp me and say, do you want a cup of tea, right? Because he can't uh, be wanted to walk up the stairs, probably. Mm, no, he's pretty fit, my dad, to be fair. But even like when I get to Canada. Interrupt. Well, there is that. And you maybe you spotted a slight hole hole in my argument to do with my parents. But when I'm in Canada, my kid's mum, it's forever they just WhatsApp each other from every room. They really do. <laughs> that's, is that's dinner ready? <laughs> you know, get ready, get out the house for school. WhatsApp, WhatsApp, WhatsApp. That's the way they operate. Blimey. Mm, it's very no, modern. But if I can't see someone, then I don't answer uh-huh. them. Really? Because I hate that. Yeah. Well, that's I not true. Because we do this right. without looking at each other at all. We do this pure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this aside. Right. Another yes. precedent broken. All right. Now, yeah. um, let's have this person. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here. Uh, first, uh, Christmas greetings or other seasonal greeting of your choice, uh, to all in Dumpty Dumland. Uh, 
unlike Jill, who's assembling a cast of thousands uh, for the Archer family Christmas, uh, in the Fuller Love household, we're probably going to have the smallest Christmas ever. Uh, it'll just be myself, my wife, and my eldest daughter. Um, but generally, for a good reason, in that younger daughter um, is working on the Wimbledon pantomime and has to stay in London to keep Paul Moreton and others audible to the audiences. So on Christmas Day, um, I will be trying to work out how to Skype her and her boyfriend while they have their Christmas lunch. But um, on the Christmas theme, of course, Natasha is taking Tom away from his parents for for Christmas. Uh, Of course, the last time that happened to one of Pat and Tony's children was with Helen when she was detained away from Bridge Farm by Rob. Um, And that didn't work out terribly well. So... Is this supposed to be uh, a a sign of uh, bad things to come? Or is this um, going to be a contrast where it all is uh, wonderful? Who knows? We shall see. Um, This has also been the week for um, the the semi-final of The Apprentice. And how much I would love um, all of the business plans that we've heard of uh, in the Arches (laughs) over the years, uh, particularly those from Bridge Farm, to be put through the apprentice semi-final business plan test. <laughs> um, I think that would be absolutely <laughs> hilarious and compelling watching. Now, um, all it remains for me to do is to say thank you to all of Dumpty Dum team for all of the podcasts over the year. Have a great Christmas. Keep it up. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Awesome. That is a great <clears throat> idea. Can you imagine What's the Bridge that? Farm one? Oh, yes, yes, what, yes, the, yes. The apprentice yes. idea. So what is it you do? Well, we do. Our main selling point is kefir. No, it's not. It's the shop. Well, it's the veg boxes. It's sometimes <laughs> trees now. Trees and, yeah, God. Yeah. It would be quite a clever thing to do to help market the show. It's a bit like having Linda Snell on front row, isn't it? Yeah. You know, when people are leap over into other shows. Is the Apprentice on BBC or ITV? Totally on BBC. How is it? Oh, okay. What are you talking about? Yeah, they could totally do it. They could totally do it. Do you know what? Um, I might actually suggest that. I think you should. It, it would completely work. And yes, and and to have uh, the rip, uh, the, the rip, the uh, and have uh, their business plan ripped rip to shreds or the lack of one. <laughs> lack of business direction, shall we say, over the last yeah. Yeah. 15 years, ever since the younguns have basically got in control. Yeah. They've because, just lurched from one cockeyed, ill-thought-through scheme to another, haven't they? Well, I suppose the the underlying thing is that Bridge Farm is the faddish farm, isn't it? Because when Pat and Tony <laughs> in the 80s decided to go organic, they were cutting edge and it was faddish at the yeah. time, whereas now it's pretty yeah. pretty standard. And, and the scriptwriters have always kept that theme with that farm, but it's just bewildering now, though. Yeah. Utterly bewildering. Yeah. Uh, have we got any more business chat? Uh, or no. shall we just go on to be Judy from Pickering? Let's do Julie. All right, then. Hello, Royfield, Lucy, Robert, and all the other Dumpty Dum listeners. Um, <laughs> Julie from Pickering here, uh, nursing a rather nasty tooth abscess, so not feeling mm. uh, very well at the moment. But I just had to call in to dispute what Royfield and other listeners um, are theorising about who's bought home farm. I don't think any family member has bought it, not Debbie, not Peggy, um, not Justin, because I think that if a family member had bought it, they wouldn't be pushing the family out at Christmas. They wouldn't be really pushing them to get packed up and out between Christmas and New Year, um, knowing all the implications that has. And also, they've nowhere else to go yet. I honestly can't see a family member doing that. I most likely favour um, Martin, whatever his name is, from BL. Gibson. Or um, Robin Fairweather. Uh, Fairbrother. Yeah. Robin Fairbrother. Oh, gosh, this abscess is getting to me. My brain's uh, not working today. But I think it's somebody that isn't a family member. And I'm afraid that's all I have to say on the matter. Have a very, very Merry Christmas and toodles till the new year. Ah, uh, toodle pip, Julie. Mm. I completely agree. I suppose. I really think it. I think Robin Fairbrother. Mm. But the the clue is in this uh, gill 
what does that stand for? Because no idea, re- unless it's because he does, unless it's his company name that he does this wines thing. Yeah, yeah, good point. I quickly need to say thank you to Anna Lisa Cosma for getting me a, a spot of lunch in Toronto on Monday. So thank you for that. It's very lovely. And uh, <laughs> we spent an hour and a half. Uh, I came out of Union Station. She was there waiting uh, and we chatted. And uh, she's been in Canada for 30 years. You wouldn't have thought it by, by her accent. It's like she just walked out of uh, Surrey yesterday. Uh, lovely, oh. lovely lady. Thank you for lunch. Awesome. Well, we have another quick message that we need to do oh, um, right, from Steve. And we have to apologize because we should have done oh, this no. on the 7th yes. of December. Steve says, I am not sure about the drill regarding mentions on your podcast, but my wife, Sophie Holford, is a super archers and Dumpty Dum fan, and it is her birthday on Friday the 7th of December. It would really make her day, especially as she missed the Brum get-together earlier in the year. I would also definitely listen too, which could lead to a new listener, he says excitedly. Thanks and have a lovely weekend, Steve. Steve, we're so sorry. We completely missed this. And then it suddenly popped up today. We both thought, well, oh, no. Let, let's not call it the we. That was me. It was me. I screwed up. <laughs> well, <laughs> we hope you have a fantastic um, birthday, Sophie, and that it was completely marvellous. And we're sorry yes. that we are uh, inefficient. Yes, and congratulations from us too. Um, Now, uh, Lucy, that's a perfect link for you to uh, say the other little thing that we need to say. Oh, yes. Now, very exciting message from BBC Birmingham. So, yes, Sophie... So, Steve, actually, this is a really good thing to 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 make her day with, and just you'll have to listen. You'll have to do this for her um, birthday treat, actually Valentine's Day treat, um, from BBC Birmingham. They have said after we hosted the special archers tours for your Dumpty Dum group at BBC Birmingham a couple of months ago, the word has spread due to popular demand. We are lo- they are looking to introduce a regular all about the archers tour in the new year to ensure they're giving the best possible experience for archers on the tour. They're going to be holding a number of pilot tours to test out the content and collect feedback before they launch to the general public in April. The tours will last two hours, including guaranteed exclusive access to the Archers Recording Studio, the Operations Room and the Green Room. Also, there will be the chance to record an iconic Archer scene. Plus, test your Archers knowledge in a specially designed quiz. The date of this is Saturday the 16th of February at 3pm. If you're a Patreon member, the tour is £5. It's £10. If you're not, go to dumptydum.com to book your place. Um, Claire Asprey now. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here, your occasional housing correspondent. And on the subject of which, <laughs> I'll start by wishing Lucy all the best with your move because moving house is horrible and you Thank have my you. sympathy. So on my agenda today, number one, Beechwood, Justin's Development. I think I heard Emma say that it was going to complete in February. Now, if that's the case, why hasn't there been a show home open that people can look around? The marketing would be in full swing by now, and we've heard nothing. Uh, so maybe the yep. game was delayed. I don't know. Secondly, uh, Christine, I never knew the Laurels had any sheltered housing or assisted living. The Ambridge Ferry has magicked it up. Uh, but I did enjoy her telling yep. Peggy she wasn't moving back because it's nice to see Peggy not getting her own way for once. Thirdly, <laughs> Tom is going to move out of Wonder Green. Really? Where to? My plot prediction mm. on this one is maybe he and Natasha will end up in the flat over the shop, which has been very quiet for quite some time. Oh, also, yes. Who's buying Home Farm? My money's on uh, Hazel Woolley, but uh, anyone who thinks it's going to be Debbie... I don't understand how she can do it. All of her equity is presumably tied up in the farm business, and the farm business is selling home farm in order to not be massively in debt. So I don't know where she's getting the money for that from. So sorry, Royfield, but I think that is a pipe dream. And finally, Lillian Russ, presumably put down for a six-month tenancy in Manchester. That doesn't look like such good value now. And I would say they would try to get out of that contract as soon as possible. But if they do end up staying together, <laughs> it will be in Ambridge, not in Manchester. You mark my words. But, oh, my God, oh. when Ross showed up at the shop this week, he was so creepy. I'm really looking forward yep. to seeing the back of him. Anyway, keep up the good work. Yep. Speak to you soon. Mm. 
Bye. I think Russ is at a disadvantage, not only because he's a massive arsehole, but because he sounds a little <laughs> bit like Rob. Rob, like Rob. Doesn't he? Exactly. He does. He really he's does. He's got that kind of really slow and low and very overly smooth delivery, which just makes your hackles go up. Well, I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say something very similar. And when he was buying that bottle of wine or whatever the heck it was in, in the village shop, I did go, huh? Who the hell's this baddie? Right. Yeah. I, 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 you know, my brain just got scrambled for a second and I mm. didn't know who the heck it was. And yeah. all you knew from that delivery, you just knew he was a wrong one. Yeah. So, but yes. A, he's new and B, I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're judgmental or anything. Not God. much. No. <laughs> All right. Um, also, you know, the, mm. the, the, the what's it called? The uh, the laurels with this assisted living flatty things. Yeah. Who the hell is the warden? We don't know any of the people at the laurels, do we? We don't well, know any. We know the residents. So that to but me. But we don't know any goes... of the staff or anything. Well, that to me goes to invalidate, really. Claire giving me a slap around the chops, saying that Debbie doesn't have uh, the financial wherewithal to buy home farm. Because the the script writers fade fast and loose with detail anyway. <laughs> yeah. And she just said it in yeah. her call. So, yeah. sorry. And by the way, Claire is so awesome. Guess what she's helping me on, Lucy? Map what? Corner. Oh, no she, way. She's, well, she, oh, well, she's a proper geek, isn't she? She she likes maps and stuff. And she's, <laughs> she's probably the person who supplied me with the most amount of maps. She's a proper cartophile. You know, she's a map head. Is, is Can I just Claire. say, I have an embarrassing mm. confession to make. That you're into maps? I had to write a piece. <sighs> shut up. I had to write a piece for <laughs> Planet Earth this week yes. on mm. fecking maps. They said, mm -hmm. can you send us this copy? And I said, yep, yeah. what's the title? And they said, the title is, is the world entirely mapped? Have we mapped the entire planet? And I thought, you are having a laugh. And I was expecting at any minute you to leap up and shout, ha, 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 <laughs> on email, and you didn't. And I thought, oh, God, I really do have to write this, don't I? So I wrote it with gritted teeth. And what conclusions did you come to in your piece, Lucy? No, it is not. No, it isn't at all. You won't be having and also, mm. they found there's uh, uh, some um, researchers in Australia mm -hmm. went out to visit uh, a place called Sandy Island, just off Queensland, and mm -hmm. discovered it wasn't there. There's no such place. It was a mistake that appeared in a map once, ages ago, and then Google Maps, Google Earth, put it in, uh -huh. and it's like a it looks like a crumb in the middle of the ocean, and it's not there. There's no such thing. So they were driving round and round and round in this speedboat <laughs> thinking, well, it must be here somewhere. <laughs> and then they realised it was all just a mistake and everyone looked a bit shifty and shuffled off and hurriedly took it off all their maps. True story. Mm, that's a good fact. Very good <laughs> fact. You know, to mash up our tiny bit of talk about environmentalism and then uh, maps, uh, the Aral Sea. Um, rapidly disappearing. So it has this distinctive shape on all the maps of Asia and the Aral Sea is seen in, um, in Russia, completely enclosed by Russia. And you see it on a map and it has this distinct shape. But actually, from a satellite image, it's less than a quarter of the size because of um, environmental uh, catastrophes and the fact that in the, uh, in the good old days of the Soviet Union, uh, they just didn't care what the hell they were doing. And they've literally drained the whole sea. So you get these, you see all these uh, photographs of rusted ships just in the middle of nowhere. Like they're in the middle of the desert God. and it's a ship. Yeah, yeah. The, the story of the Aral Sea um, is terrible. And then there's Lake Baikal as well, which is the deepest freshwater lake in the world. And that's uh, massively shrinking as well, all because of we just have so mismanaged the environment. But anyway, moving swiftly on, maps, they're awesome. And hopefully the first map corner will come out in January, thanks to Claire's diligent work, even though she tried to slap me around the chops about home farm. But okay. I'm telling you, Claire, the script writers know less about detail than you, madam. So anything <laughs> now, um, shall we go for Master Miles? Yes. Right, great. Yes. Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Master Miles calling from somewhere in Hello. upstate New York. 
In response to Royfield's question last week, I do know where I am. I'm just being coy. Uh, <laughs> uh, the New York caller interers have not had a meetup, although I think we should. And finally, the funniest thing on last week's show was the music played when Lucy went for a wee. It almost made me slip on an icy patch during my morning run. <laughs> and speaking of morning runs, when is Alistair's half marathon? I think he's probably just about ready for it. He's been training for almost three months. And as a runner myself, uh, that's probably enough time, and I think it's fine for him to have a mince pie uh, if he wants one during his training regimen. It's not as though he's out to set a world record or anything, and mince pies will only kill dogs, not veterinarians. <laughs> Meanwhile, over at the Canterbury Tales, I'm with Dimis on this one. They should be doing them in Middle English, and here's why. We're on a radio show. The venue in which they put on the play doesn't much matter to the audience. <laughs> the words they're speaking absolutely do. And I think especially do, if yeah. they're going to do a standalone episode as they did with Blythe Spirit and with Calendar Girls, then giving these actors the opportunity to read in Middle English would be fantastic. Uh, in mm -hmm. any case, the real drama is clearly going to be uh, Mia, is it Mia, Poppy, one of the little Nickettes, uh, is going to have an absolute mental health crisis when her scarf appears on stage. And speaking of mental health crises, I wonder if the NHS has a acute anxiety awareness week coming up because Elizabeth's anxiety is clearly turning into a kind of issue storyline rather than just an emotional plot arc. Uh, so clearly there's going to be some big explosion there. But that's all for now. Bye. Bye. Mm. I think Poppy now knows about the scarf, by the way. Uh, yes. There was a scene with William with saying, Will, yeah. oh, she, yeah, she, she's looking forward to seeing it on stage. But, Children don't take the slightest bit of notice of what their, what their parents are wearing anyway, so I'm sure she wouldn't remember. But there we go. We will play along. Mm. But there, there, there has to be something there, doesn't there? When, uh, on that play, there has to be some reaction. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been telling us this you know this uh, mm. story of scarf woe. Oh, God, uh, for do you the know they said in the, in the in the in the they, they said someone comes back. It's Nick, <laughs> back from the dead. <laughs> oh well, that will please her anyway. It's yeah. not Good. that type mm. of show, methinks. Uh, right, <laughs> we've done Glim, we've done Claire, we've done Judy from Pickering, we've done Martin Niles. You know who Is we have done now. Oh yes. Hi, it's Canter to Beaching um, hashtag. Kerno beaching on the Twitters. I'm not a first time caller in but I'm a really rubbish caller in In fact, um, I think I've called in <laughs> twice before. Um, I've just checked on my chronology and I'm a Janet, uh, 1996. Um, I've got a very Ooh, silly plot you. prediction. Um, the buyer of Home Farm, everyone keeps saying it's a gill, but G I L L is another way of spelling Jill. So could Jill Archer have bought? home farm does she have no. any money does anybody know why would she have done it but it just seems odd that jill and jill gill and jill Ooh. it might just be a thing i thought i'd put it out there just in case it was right loved you all bye mm, could Ooh. be couldn't but it? no because if it was jill she wouldn't do anything as inconsiderate as make them move out at christmas mm. yes uh I, I think you're right so let's move on uh what else did she say though <laughs> No, Luce, we've got so many calls. This show will go on forever. I so know. We... There is no such thing, candidate, as a rubbish caller in era. You are all special. Yes. Right. Mm. Uh, should we have Witherspoon now? Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, Yoko Bear, Robert, and all Dumpsy Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Besides wondering whether life partners Lily and Russ are going to make it to Christmas dinner, and whether the residents nope. of Ambridge are once again going to save the show and make Linda burst with pride, not much to say, except that a funny coincidence occurred this week, on the same day that Tom decided he would travel to Wales on Christmas to meet his future in-laws, I also decided to have Christmas in Wales. Well, not actually, but earlier that morning of Natasha proposing to, I mean asking Tom, I bought tickets for Handsome Husband and I to see Dylan Thomas's A Child's Christmas in Wales this uh... coming weekend. I guess the archers and I are forming a psychic connection, and I think it may be as good as the Canterbury Tales. I also want to say during this holiday season a big thank you to everyone in Dumpty Dum Land 
for all your support during my health crises earlier this year. Hard to believe that it's been over six months since my heart attack, mm. and I just received a gold star for my recovery from my cardiologist. I also bought Yay. a couple of new smaller size Dumpty Dum t-shirts from the shop as a Christmas <laughs> present for myself and made an extra donation to our favorite podcast. I hope everyone in our community will dig a little bit into our pockets to support the efforts of Lucy Royfield and the rest of the gang that bring us so much joy, laughter, and camaraderie. Talk to you all soon. Oh, oh thank you for that. That's lovely. Thank you with a spoon. Yeah. And we I can't believe it's six months, but we're very, very, very glad that you are uh, better and so fit as well. You've done mm. brilliantly with mm. your with your fitness and everything else. It's amazing. Yes. Well done to you, sir. Uh, right now, uh, there'll be more shop talk to come in a little bit after I have a quick sojourn of some indeterminable length. And then we'll come back with a little bit of our yokel bear. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, it's Yoko Bear here with the social media roundup for the week. Um, we started the week with a bit of Clary appreciation. Um, I posted that I thought Clary really is the person who holds the Grundies together. Um... And a few people did agree. Jean Bell said, you'll get no arguments from me. She is wonderful in every way as a wife, mother, grandparent, friend and work colleague. To have a friend like Clary is a blessing. Can you guess I'm a fan? Um, Janice Betson also said, Clary is an absolute diamond. I would have nothing said against her. But other people disagreed. Denise Tomlinson, our very own Dusty Substances, the um, wrong kind of listener, said um very <laughs> she carrie very much expressed favoritism for edward um in the children's younger years which probably led to issues later and she never really put her foot down sufficiently with their, uh, eddie so denise is really not that impressed with her um and also as well al williams said quite firmly no i will never forgive Clary for telling William he had to accept that Emma, Ed and George were now a family. So cruel. We also talked about Natasha um, and she seemed to be winning some people over despite Cinnamon Gate and we were asking do you think she'll be sticking around and is she the future Mrs Sausage Boy? Well, quite a few people have views on this. Um, Rachel Kennedy said, hard though it is to admit, I think I prefer Hannah. At least she doesn't like Pop-Tarts. Um, yes, that's true. <laughs> Ruth Simpson also said, I can't stand her. But making a Tom's wife seems a little harsh. Um, yeah, that would be a cruel and unusual punishment, wouldn't it? Um, but talking of Hannah, Vic and Joanna Boyd um, thinks that um, horrid Hannah will get Tom. And that seemed to be quite a view. Apart from Joe DeBank, who thought that Tom and Kirsty would definitely end up together. Um, yeah, yeah, I thought maybe that little chat they had... Um, this week, but I'm not sure. I think Kirsty would just never really go back. 
Pat Ralph Hanavan, though, has got a view on um, Natasha, and she says she was pretty brash to start with, but I like the way the writers are given her more depth and empathy. So I'll say, yes, she might stick around and possibly she might marry Tom. Also, it wouldn't be my week doing the social media roundup if we didn't have a people's vote and did a poll on something um, <laughs> this week. And really, um, stop listening now if, you've, if you're eating your breakfast um, or dinner. Um, we asked the question of, would you flush Joe's portaloo for him as Clary did this week? Well, the results are in. It's the will of the people. And um, a stunning 89% said, nope, absolutely not. No way. No way. (laughs) And I think I possibly agree with that. So well done, people. You voted the right way. So... Also, some posts that um, deserve honourable mentions this week. Our very own Witherspoon um, posted something about dog rules. If you're a dog owner, how much does the dog rule your life? Um, Go and have a look at that post on our Facebook page because it's really great to see kind of how much dogs rule people's lives. And um, yes, really interesting to read that one. Also, as well, a huge mention for Royfield's post. uh, And bravo for this one we finally have a timeline of people um so when you when you can say which archer's character was um first introduced at the time that you started listening you can look it up now and mine was rather odd mine and millie bells um because according to that um one person who appeared for the first time in the program and the only time was her royal highness princess margaret so i always thought i was another character um but it turns out that me and millie bell are princess margaret which kind of explains a lot explains the gin certainly (laughs) <laughs> but if you're not sure which character um, is your first character when you first started listening, head over to the Facebook page and have a look. We also talked a little bit about how, um, well, the poisoning of Bess, what was going on there? Well, most people, I think um, a lot of people thought that it was a public service insert. It was just before Christmas. Um, But Connie Nolan says um, it ranks as one of the most awkward public service announcements in the Archers. Jill is a farmer's wife. She knew that she was undermining Ben's dog training, um, which was the first and most serious inconsistency she left the mince pies out most people will cover them up and put them in a tin and the second inconsistency she forgot about the dog um totally unbelievable yeah i do think it was a bit of an insert but um you know i just i did wonder whether it was just jill doesn't like competition um but yeah so we had a little (laughs) bit of a chat about that And finally, um, we also talked about Russ coming to Christmas dinner. Uh, Lizzie's, um, sorry, Lizzie's, um, Lily's comment. It'll be fine, Russ. You'll be made welcome. Well, let's see what the discussion was like on that. Becky Land says he can sit at the kids' table. Um, Amy Gilbert (laughs) said, I for one can't wait for that episode. I really hope that Kenton gets a few digs in. Um, Robin, um, Robin Cotty said, depends on what you mean by fine and welcome. Um, And so, yeah, we're all looking forward to that. Russ really is loathsome, isn't he? So that's the social media roundup for the week. But now we've got time for just a very quick Joe Grundy's Folk Custom Corner. And today (laughs) we're going to look at uh, an unusual and little known Christmas um, custom because it is the season. And this is the custom of geese dancers, um, which was very popular in Cornwall. Now, it's not actual geese, so don't worry, there's no mention of the fair brethren in this. Um, it actually comes from the word geese or geezers, as in dis- 
disguised um where people would dress up um and put on plays and dance in the village Mm -hmm. um and be they would be in disguise so people wouldn't be able to see them because they were in disguise it was allowed that they could be as it says in um a report from the time could be of churlish disposition um and people could not take offense at anything they do or say Another report from the Times said people paraded in the streets in all kinds of disguises with masks on. They often behaved in an unruly, drunken manner, um, that, so much so that people were ava- afraid to venture out. Um, and things would of- sometimes get out of hand with drunkenness and um, general naughtiness. So, if dressing up, getting drunk, swearing at people, and just generally getting out of hand is something you like to do, then geese stepping, uh, geese dancers might be the folk custom for you. Um, but, you know, Christmas, a bit of moderation maybe, I don't know. Anyway, I'm off to have a gin. This That's the social media roundup for the week, and I will speak to you again soon. Awesome. Luce, uh, you got any tweets for us, love? Um, actually, there is a book um, about geezers um, by uh, a really brilliant author called Gladys Mitchell, who's one of my... Um, uh, she's one of my uh, vintage detective, women detective writers. Um, I have completely forgotten the name of it. When I find it, I will um, tell you all because it's it's a really good book. Um, in fact, Yoko Bay, you would love it. Um, it's a very, very, and, oh, it's called Dead Men's Morris. Dead Men's Morris by Gladys <laughs> Mitchell. And um, it's an audio book and it's a proper book. I sound like I'm doing uh, charades. And uh, it's excellent. Um it's sort of funny. It's very eccentric. All Gladys Mitchell's writing is really eccentric. Um, and uh, it features um, geezers or geysers and um, uh, all. And, and it's all about uh, folklore and how it was you, the sort of the ritual was used to cover up a murder. It's very interesting. Very good book. Anyway. Yes. Right. Did you say tweets of the week? Is it now? Yes, please. OK. You went very quiet. Uh, Treasonable Sarah. What happens in the Cider Club Portaloo? Obviously stays in the Cider Club Portaloo. <laughs> oh, that's hey. revolting. Andrew Langstone. Helen will benefit from the emptying of a festive sack this year and it will not be Santa's. Uh, <laughs> Loma Lindy. <laughs> I like that one. There is a well-known tradition of moving into a stable at Christmas, Jenny. It's quite a well-established tradition. <laughs> Brian Holding, Buggy Swires. Tony has a change of heart. That's it. Dig up the trees. Bring back the kefir. <laughs> I'm just waiting for that. And Chirps Estonia said, it takes some doing when a sheepdog vomiting was only the second most nauseating moment from tonight's instalment. <laughs> <laughs> the first being presumably the snog between Natasha and uh, uh, Tom. Mm. But I did think to myself, you know, there are very few, you know, a nation is a gog listening, waiting for a sheepdog to be sick. <laughs> there are moments like that that just make you think i love the archers so much (laughs) end of the show folks uh it's dumdydum.com now i am a bloody idiot lucy and this is something which you know Mm. all right um Mm. so we have this shop on dumdydum.com yes and we've had it there for some time and i updated it in the summer changed it to a new platform etc etc now You'd think that you'd you remember that we had a shop on the run-up to Christmas. I completely forgot. <laughs> <laughs> so it was only when we had two orders come in on Friday, I went, oh, what's going on there then? <laughs> Why both, are two people? Both of them what? were from Witherspoon. No, <laughs> oh, one was definitely Witherspoon. Uh, one was from, from okay. another listener. And I went, oh, why would somebody, why all of a sudden would we have two orders? It took me half an hour to go, Christmas! So, everybody, why don't you go over to www.dumdum.com? Oh, I'm so, well, I said, I did start this by saying I'm an utter idiot and I really am a twonk. I really am just like, there's nothing between my ears, Lucy. But what I have done, everybody, is I've uploaded more mugs with things like shh, 
it's the archers and funny things that lucy uh came up with in the summer um i do this for once an hour every sunday all manner of great archers dumdy dum sayings uh, are on these mugs and on these t-shirts so please go to dumdydum.com click on shop uh to get your apparel now if you're in the uk i can't speak for the us but you can still order stuff up until the end of this week and still get it before Christmas. It comes super fast or something or another. So as soon as you hear this podcast, stop what you're doing and just go to the shop and get a present for a loved one who you know is well into the archers and dum dum And uh, yes. Or even someone you don't like if they don't like the archers just to annoy them. That would also work. Hmm. It probably would because a T-shirt, everybody needs T-shirts and everybody needs a mug to drink their tea and coffee out of. So regardless of whether they even like the archers. Oh, sorry, my sat-nav thing has suddenly just come on. (laughs) Sorry. That's all right. Uh, So that's www.com. You've got a reason to go there. I'm not just saying it's got a shop. I'm saying go to the shop and get buying. now. And also... I feel really bad that mm. we didn't say hello to Sophie Holford in time for her for her birthday. So, Steve, if you can email us again with your address, I will send her a dumpty dum thing as a birthday present. Well, funny you should say that, R. Lucy, because what I was going to say is next week I'll I'll divvy up some questions for you. We should have a dumpty dum quiz. And the winner will be the first person that emails in with the correct answers to prove what a real dummy dummy you are and you'll get a mug. So that's what I was actually going to say at the end of this show anyway. So that, okay. all, that all kind of like ties well, yes, we'll up. We'll do that. And also, yes, and also, Steve, send me Sophie's address and I will send her something. Good. Patreon.com, <laughs> go there. It helps you support our wonderful show for the price of $2 per episode and uh there will be quite a few shows uh coming over the christmas period uh but members get special exclusive content where we speak to the actors so we do and yes the charles collingwood saga is still a rumbling i'm now back in the uk he said he wants to do it face to face not over the internet because he said royfield i'm no good with laptops i'm no good with computers it's got to be face to face yep and i can't find my glasses jenny, <laughs> jenny! jenny where are my glasses <laughs> <laughs> This oh, will... no, that means I can't do no, it. No, of course you can. We just have to, the three of us will have to do it. Okay. Yay. Yeah, but like he, the Brian. last email <laughs> was very clear. He's not good with technology. Okay. Almost time for us to say goodbye. And, of course, you wrap things up by saying, remember to get in contact. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website, which is dumdydum.com, or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message via a regular phone. As one of our caller winners this week did, actually. I think it was Carol, maybe. Yes. Yeah, it was Carol. It was. Mm. On social media, specifically Twitter, you can find us where we are at Dumdy Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V. Freeman. And I can be found at Royfield. And I believe I need to spell this out because somebody was trying to find me on the Twitters, understandably spelt it as R O Y F I E L D. And. No, Roy Flid, they put. Did they? But anyway, he said, I couldn't find you anyway, mate. Uh, so it's R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. That's how you find me on the Twitters. And of course, there is Robert, who's Naked Fingers. And then there is Kerry Warbis, who I think will be doing her first show sometime in January. And then, of course, Facebook, there is the Mealy Bell, the Yokel Bear, and with a spoon. Three and re- don't not call in this week because Robert and I are recording on Saturday. Oh, yes. That's it. We're doing a little Christmas issue. So even if you just want to ring in and say, Happy Christmas and just raise a little uh, toast to everyone else so we can hear you slurping your drink of choice. That's absolutely fine. Mm. We, in fact, we could do a drink alonger. We could do a drink alonger. Um, Drink along a Dumpty Dummers and we'll all get rat ass together. That sounds like an eminently fantastic plan. And is Christmas Day Tuesday next week? I think it is, yes. isn't it? So probably what I just said yes. was bonkers. No, you, you're going to have to put your order in on the Dumpty Dum shop, I think, by Thursday. And then it will come on Christmas Eve if you're in the UK. Can't speak for the US. That's a whole nother 
just say shit show, which I don't know about, right? But the UK, I know a little <laughs> bit about, and you will get it because there's some express thing on the shop or something or another. Normally, I'll be saying, Lucy, let's talk, let's start shoot the breeze for five minutes, but got no time because this show is long as it is because we had so many calls, which is not a bad thing, it's a good thing. So thank you for everybody calling in and make and making yes, sure that the calls were awesome and good it's and not relevant. Us. No, it's not. Hmm. So that's that then. That's the end of the show, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye. Well done, you. I was properly shite. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.